Hi, this is Wendy, and today's episode is all about why we are going through a housing boom right now. Welcome to the HMO Success Podcast. My name's Wendy, and this podcast will help you invest in houses of multiple occupation. It's funny, isn't it, that during the midst of quite a worldwide epidemic, coronavirus, we find ourselves in a position where house prices are going up and up and up, and it's inexplicable. Why is it that in the midst of a pandemic and a financial challenge like we haven't seen for really many, many, many years, we're suddenly seeing that housing prices are going up? So I put this down to five key reasons, which I'm going to talk about today in the podcast. So Let's look at the context. First of all, we had lockdown, didn't we, in the UK back in March. And of course, this caused everybody to really stop what they were doing. The government started to print lots and lots of money to keep the economy afloat and to give people some income while they weren't working. Many people had to go on furlough. And of course, this had a very, very big effect, not only on the economy, but also on people's mental states. And as we went further into lockdown, There were more reports of people suffering because of not being able to have uh, a time outside or to to exercise or to uh, have a good quality of life. So when we come out of lockdown um, at the sort of end of August, beginning of September time, what we find is that suddenly people are re-evaluating their lives. So I think the first factor that we have to recognise here is that human behaviour plays a large part in actually what's going on with house prices. And Akin to that is, of course, supply and demand. If we look back over those six months, house price transactions were seriously diminished. In fact, they they dropped to an all-time low. I think if I was an estate agent at the time, I would have been pretty worried about what my business was going to look like after lockdown. Because what we found was that people were clearly not moving because they'd been told not to move. And this really froze up the whole of the housing market. But then we come out of lockdown and people are saying to themselves, I want to live somewhere where there's more access to nature. I need to have a home study so I can work from home. And suddenly they're re-evaluating their lifestyles. Some people are, of course, deciding to downsize. They realise that the risks of having a very expensive house or living in an expensive area are greater than the rewards of living somewhere where it's a bit more affordable. So suddenly from September, we've seen a lot more people decide to look at moving house. Now, supply and demand has also been affected because actually in terms of the volume of properties that have come up for sale, it's much lower this time, this this year, than it was this time last year. Uh, We have seen a really big decrease, about 60,000 fewer houses coming up for sale this time this year than this time last year. And that has a really big effect on the demand for properties. So what you've got is a a housing market where there's more demand, but you've got fewer properties to buy. Well, we all know what happens in a market where that's the case, prices start to go up. So that's the first factor is that people are wanting to move, there's fewer houses for sale, and therefore prices have started to go up. The second factor is of course government policy and I'm talking here particularly about stamp duty. Now Rishi Sunak has decided that stamp duty will not be paid on residential sales up until the end of March next year for houses valued or I should say bought up to £500,000. So you can imagine if you're a house buyer and you're looking to buy say a house of £350,000, £400,000 now would be the time to do it wouldn't it? 
Now is a great time for you to make that transaction, perhaps one you've been delaying because of looking at the cost of that stamp duty. Now, that doesn't exist until next March, the end of next March. So now is the time to do it. So this is, again, encouraged people. It's encouraged behavior for people to think, right, I'm going to go out there and buy my next house. Now, linked to government policy is, of course, the what's happening in the banking sector and particularly our central bank, the Bank of England. Because of the economy and the economic state of the, the country's uh, finances, the Bank of England decided to keep low, very, very low interest rates. They lowered interest rates to the lowest amount they've ever been, 0.1% back in March, and they have stuck with that policy ever since. I think it's unlikely that they will go up for a long time to come, but there are reasons why they could go up very, very quickly as well. However, I think it's likely they will remain low for a long time. And interest rates, of course, mean that borrowing is much cheaper. So somebody who was looking to buy a property maybe a year ago uh, has found that they can get borrowing that's slightly cheaper than it was a year ago. So it makes it more affordable. And of course, uh, that's a good thing because uh, for you and I who might be investing in property, uh, it helps our, our repayment or it helps our interest payments be very, very low. But that in turn, of course, stimulates buying. It means more people want to buy and more people want to borrow. So that has another impact on the property market, pushing up prices. Now, the fourth point is something which perhaps you might not have thought about or hasn't occurred to you, which is about new houses. Now, while the government are constantly wanting new houses to be built because of the demand for more property, uh, in fact, we have, uh, I think we have about 25 million houses in the UK, and of those, about 5 million are rented. Uh, The majority are owner-occupied, but we also have a large volume of social housing within that mix. But in terms of new housing, uh, the government has a a, a goal of 250,000 new houses per annum. Um, This year, that figure is down massively. In fact, we have seen a 52% decrease in new houses being built this year because of coronavirus. So you can imagine, not only do we now have um, an increase in people wanting to buy, we have a decrease in second-hand houses coming on for sale. We also now have a decreased volume of new houses being put up for sale. So the supply and demand chart here, there's a lot more demand than there is supply. This just has one impact and it puts prices up. It does mean, of course, that builders haven't been able to utilise the um, help to buy scheme for for first time buyers uh, because they haven't had the houses to sell. So first time buyers, maybe second time buyers are now thinking, right, perhaps we have to use some of our savings which after all are only getting perhaps 1% in the bank anyway, we'll use our savings to put into a deposit and we will now move house using our money rather than having to rely on government funding. Now, the final point is about loan-to-value rates. Uh, You've probably seen over the last few months that, uh, particularly for first-time buyers, loan-to-value rates have gone down. In other words, loans, uh, which were maybe 95% of the value of a property six months ago, are now at maybe 90% or even 85% of the value of the property. 
Now, this is is there to de-risk the lending on the part of the the mortgage lender. They they want to try and minimise the risk of their money being um, uh, used by somebody who then, uh, you know, let's say we have a a crash in the mortgage, uh, in the housing market, values come down. If the bank has lent too much money to that lender, then they have got too much of their own money stuck in that property. And now that property is in negative equity. So the banks don't want that to happen. So to de-risk it, they are lending less money, a lower loan to value to those borrowers. Now, while you might think, well, hang on a minute, surely that would have a dampening effect on the market. Generally, yes, it does. But in this case, what we've seen is more of those stronger, less risky borrowers coming into buying property. They're they're looking at their overall finances and saying it doesn't make sense to save money anymore. I want to put it into buying a property. And of course, some of those people are like you. They are property investors and they're looking to invest their money in property where they can get a good return. In fact, uh, only this week we've just completed on a single buy-to-let property near to where we live. And um, the interest rate that we'll pay per month is about £190, um, whereas the income we'll make is probably about £600. So... To be able to make £400 a month from just a single buy-to-let property is a pretty good deal. And this is, of course, that what goes through many people's minds when they start to invest in property is, wow, I could just make so much more money by putting my money into a property rather than having it sitting in the bank. So what does all this mean for you if you're thinking about buying property, investing in property, maybe buying your own home? It would be tempting, wouldn't it, to get... Um, worried to maybe panic buy. Um, As prices go up in any market, it tends to make us all think, I better buy now, I better buy now before it's too late. But I would recommend that you don't do that. I would recommend that you keep your eyes peeled for good deals. Check the fundamentals work. Check that the purchase price of that property is the right value for its time and that you're not building in a hopeful scenario that means that you're relying on capital growth. That's a dangerous scenario to rely on. Make sure that the income that you'll get from the property covers the cost of the borrowing. And in fact, many banks these days, of course, will do stress tests on that borrowing as well. So they will be able to reassure you if you're taking a mortgage out that your mortgage costs will easily be covered by your rental. So it's always a case of looking at the fundamentals, making sure that you're buying at the right price, making sure that you can add some value to the property and that the rental value will cover all the costs of running that business, plus a little bit more for voids and maintenance. And if you do that and you do it time and time and time again, you can build up a very nice portfolio that can bring you time, money and freedom which is, of course, why I'm so enthusiastic about HMOs, because I believe they can do it much, much faster for you. So in this current climate of higher prices, what we might call a housing boom, be wary, be cautious, be patient. These are times not for necessarily jumping on the bandwagon. And as Warren Buffett wisely once said, be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. Your time will come to get that deal. But in the meantime, keep your eyes peeled, stay educated and stay hungry. And I look forward to speaking to you very soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the HMO Success Podcast. 
If you'd like to know more about how you can create a profitable HMO business, please visit our website, hmosuccess.co.uk, to find out more. We have plenty of free tools and information for you there, and also on our Facebook group, The Ultimate HMO Success System. We look forward to connecting with you very soon. Thanks for listening.